0: Rugged Matrix America is brought to you by Rugby Imports. For all your rugby supply needs for yourself and for your team, go to RugbyImports.com. And also by the USA 7's International Rugby Tournament in Las Vegas, Nevada. It will be held next time in 2012, February 11th and 12th. Come see 16 of the best international Sevens teams in the world, and you can also participate by being part of the Las Vegas Invitational in the days leading up to that event. Go to USA7s.com. This is Rugby Matrix America. Welcome everybody to the show. This is Alex Goff from RugbyMag.com. We are joined uh, ultimately by four different people, which is pretty exciting. And uh, we have uh, Pat Clifton from Kansas City and Bruce McClain, uh usually in New York. But you are off on the Cape uh, enjoying the summer weather. How are you guys doing?
1: I am on Cape Cod, the home of your mom <laughs> and... And it was so interesting that, to find that your your mom lives in Cape Cod and then, and then to find out that you went to the University of Rochester and Dan Payne was very excited about that. It's not Cape May or Cape Horn or Cape Hatteras. It is Cape Cod. That's where my, my in-laws live there now. They they have since moved out of New York. But, yes, it's very nice to be here. Loving this show. Rich Polito, Dave Sitton. It's going to be some really, really good discussion on college rugby, which is necessary.
0: Well, yeah, Cape Cod, great place to be in the summer. That's right. University of Rochester, a fine institution. Um, so, Pat, Pat, are you uh, broiling out there in Kansas City?
2: I am. The closest I'll ever get to Cape Cod is a bag of potato chips from the fast stop down the road with Cape Cod written on the uh, on the bag. But, yeah, it's, it's still hot here in Kansas City. I can't figure it out. We get every – we get the worst part of every uh, of every season on the planet.
0: You could also get those Cape Cod scented candles.
1: That would that would be all right too. That would be I'm a good. scented
2: candle guy too. Yeah, so. yeah
1: I, I think that'd be great. I will say, after the last show, Dan Payne was very excited because his brother Seth, who used to play in the NFL, owned several golden Corrals in Florida, and was really excited that two people. Of the physique of Patrick and I are connoisseurs of their cuisine
0: <laughs>
1: and he was very happy that that we were able to discuss the cuisine of the golden Corral
0: Seth Payne running hey. golden Corrals in florida that 's awesome it 's great to know uh, on more elevated topic we have uh, two guests coming on the show, and we 're actually going to stagger them a little bit so. Um, our first guest, and that is the Director of rugby of West Point Rich polidal, who has uh, in my opinion one of them um one of the best rugby coaching jobs out there because not only do you get to coach rugby at a at a wonderful facility, but you uh get to coach some of the the best and brightest uh young men and women uh in this country has to offer in helping train future uh, officers in the United States Army. So first of all, Rich, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. And uh, you had a very good season in the in the first year of the college premier division. Uh, once again, we're among one of the top programs in the country, uh, perhaps disappointed. Well, I'm, I'm not really a surprise that you'd be disappointed in the, uh, the the loss to Utah in the quarterfinals. But overall, how did you feel about the season for the team? And how did you feel about the college premier division, you know, the, the first venture into that overall?
3: Well, I thought it was good. I mean, I, you know, we were, uh, we were really happy to be with the schools that we were with. Um, we did miss out on some local competition out of New England, uh, which for us is, is pretty important uh, to keep those relationships up as well. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, it was a, it was a great season. Uh, the boys, you know, we graduated, what, 23 last year? And uh, to come back and and win the conference uh, was a great accomplishment for the players. So we, we enjoyed it. We liked it. Uh, Rich, we're
2: uh, we're obviously going to talk a lot about the CPD today. Mm-hmm. One of my first questions was, and I'd gotten this indication from Tim O'Brien at St. Mary's, that, that when, when he agreed to, you know, jump into the CPD and St. Mary's agreed to jump into the CPD the first year, he was under the uh, understanding that there was a, kind of a maybe it was a gentleman's agreement or a, or a handshake agreement that everybody who came in was supposed to be in for two years is that is that and the understanding that you got that that if you were going to join the CPD, it was going to be a you're going to give it a two-year chance
3: it was it um it still is i think um where we potentially have lost momentum that um across the board other other pieces weren't um put in place in the agreement um I felt pretty strongly that we were going to receive some funding, i.e., some um, some of our SIP dues back into travel costs. Um, potentially, that schools would uh, and and USA Rugby would generate some sponsorship around it to substantially subsidize travel and and you know impact costs on on the programs, especially in the Northeast. As you know, we had a if we had been successful against Utah, it's a pretty intense travel schedule, probably costing. At least our program, <clears throat> excuse me, our program on $80,000. So those pieces of the agreements haven't come into fruition yet. I know Todd Bell's working on things like that, but with teams falling out and some ambiguity, and I would also call instability, I'm not sure, uh, you know, everyone is anyone is in breach of contract or in breach of the agreement. Um, but I do know that not everything has come to the to the table like we thought it was originally when we sat in that room in Utah, which was a good thing, by the way.
0: That's- Rich, is is sorry. Is there is there a sense of
3: frustration? Um, in our conference, not so much. I think, I think the the group that we have, um, it was a very competitive league, and I think you all stated that um, that our conference or league or whatever we're going to call it now. I'm not sure. Um, it was one of the stronger groups in terms of parity, and it made it interesting. Um, I think. We could have all picked out in the other conferences who might be the top top dog, um, but uh, yeah, not frustrating. I just you know, I think at the end of the day, um, it could have been successful, more successful if we had some things in place prior to making those decisions. Like we're going to go forward with a proposal to X, Y, and Z sponsors and curate some dollars around it, you know, even prior to TV and and pieces like that. I mean, just putting your name as the title sponsor of the college premier division should have been something valuable, whether it was on TV or not. Um, Certainly, you know, rugby magazine, we are rugby organizations like that would would have carried press on it and it would have been a good thing. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we're not frustrated. I think people are are pretty content, at least in our area, uh, just, Obviously, not too content on the seasonality piece of it.
2: Um, back to what you, something you said a couple minutes ago, uh, you, you, that I had never heard before, that you thought maybe some of the SIP money from the college division players um, might have gotten kicked back into you know helping pay for travel. Was that something that you guys discussed with Todd Bell and and as a larger group that you kind of thought was was an agreement of yeah this is something we're gonna do, or is that something you just kind of hope for?
3: Well, we we I know I included in my conversations with Todd Bell in that meeting, and I know other coaches felt the same way that there should be some return back to the college game. Um, if you looked at, uh, I, I saw a number out there. I'm not sure if this is accurate or not. Something like twenty two thousand registered collegiate players. You know, at thirty dollars a head, you know, you're pushing a, a you know three quarters of a million dollars there. Um, what does it cost for? you know, CPD, division one, division two, division three teams to travel somewhere. And could those, could some of that money be been generated or or pushed back uh, into the college programs when it came to semifinals and finals time? I think the other piece that we're we're kind of not talking about here, but I potentially bring up the the, the CPD basically said, hey, we're going to do one competitive season, which I think was really, really important because, Again, fall, spring, whatever you want to say. and There's different opinions across the board, and you guys probably know where I stand. But uh, it it consolidated our competitive rugby, meaning competitive rugby towards a championship into one semester, which we really, really never had on the East Coast before. That's why that was a big mover for us, and that was a big, big uh, key point or, or a key point rather for us to make that decision to go forward with it. Well,
0: about the seasonality, Rich, you you've come out rather publicly to say that you feel that the game should move to the fall. And when I say the game, the college game, the, the, the top college season should be early September through into December with a, you know, a national final in early December. Uh, You you, make your case for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I I know there's not enough time, right? I thought it kind of dead.
3: Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the case for is, is, I guess there's a lot of different pieces to it, right? But the, the dominant points are we have a sevens opportunity that never existed before. Um, we have weather constraints in, in three-quarters of the country or 3 quarter of the play, playing union is under you know, um, pretty terrible conditions and really not great conditions to even play rugby nor to watch rugby, which, again, if we want to put fans in seats at Army – playing rugby in February is pretty, is is definitely not conducive to that. Um, And then the final piece is, you know, we're we're really not doing that great as a country in terms of our performances. Um, And I think if you, you know, simple engineering, if you repeat the same process, you're going to get the same results. And um, I think that's what we're seeing. That's the trend, at least, at least to my eyes.
2: Well, I do want to ask this question, and I don't know that if it's something you've talked about. I know you're probably having conversations with lots of your CPD colleagues or other, you know, coaching colleagues. But um, is it possible to do, uh, you know, say if Rugby East wants to play its games in the fall, it can do that and decide its champion in the fall? I know we do this all the time in, in Division One and Division Two. In the Midwest, playing in the fall and pretty much deciding their champion in the fall, and then turning around and playing the playoffs in the spring—is that a possibility, or is that something that doesn't interest you or anybody else?
3: I'm sorry. So you're asking if if the is it possible to play a split season and just us play in the fall and then other people play when they want to play? Precisely. Um, I don't think that really gets after uh, some of the long-term or long-range goals of USA Rugby. I think having that diversity in the playing season across the country. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think it really helps us get on the timeline. I think that's what my proposal talks about. And really it's not just me saying this. There's a lot of people that feel this way. Um, perhaps they're not the most well-known schools, but in terms of brands, you know, I, you know, I say well-known schools, maybe not the best or the highest performing rugby schools, but I would reckon that, you know, if we were to take a vote across the board, and ask people across the country in the Midwest, the Northeast, the West, parts of the Mid-Atlantic and others. And then, you know, everybody across the country, I think you'd get, you know, a pretty strong vote for, hey, we we, we want to play one season of rugby. We want to address the sevens piece, uh, like really get after the sevens piece, because we, we do have a responsibility as a rugby community to respond to the opportunity to be in the Olympics, I think, Um but I also, I, you know, at the end of the day, I believe that if we separate and we we, we, um, we stratify or, or split the comp- country in half, that we, we're we kind of going, doing the same thing we're doing right now because that's how it is, right? I mean, I'm trying to pull everybody together on the same timeline and progress to the season and the same timeline in both 15s and 7s, keeping both 15s and 7s separate. And uh, I think that would go against that 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 principle. So I, I wouldn't agree with that. I don't think that's the way ahead.
2: Do re- Refresh me on your timeline. Um, obviously we've got the, the CRC, the Collegiate Rugby Championship, the NBC event in June. Where does your timeline, USA Rugby is obviously trying to get its own sevens championship together. Um, h- how does your timeline account for that? And where would that be or would it be in conjunction with the CRC as far as what you've drawn up?
3: Well, I think USA Rugby's, trying to figure out how to put sevens into the collegiate level of play. And I'm not sure that they're getting all the info. They've done enough research on, you know, how does this best work? I think they're taking recommendations from committee members, which are tasked at developing competitions, which, you know, I I like a lot of the guys on there and and gals on there, if you will. But um, I'm not sure they know – how West Point feels on all those decisions. And I think that should be important to them as do I think it should be important for any other school, division one, two, II, or three, to have some semblance of vote <clears throat> or something that looks like a vote, or at least a request for information or what's your opinion on, or, Hey, we're going to share our meeting minutes with you. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, you know, at the end of the day, I, we we want to see some sort of communication that drives what USA rugby's considering doing and what the end state of that res- or of that decision is through the colleges. So the ranks can talk about it. People like I, like like myself and, and other coaches could sit around a table and, and make some decisions or at least get our opinions and our thoughts out on it. That's not happening. So, um, you know, I, I think there's some confusion and, and kind of a lack of communication. So I don't, we, we really can't go anywhere if we're not going to sit at the table and talk about it.
1: Well, I think that the CRC sevens is flawed in that, you know, arguably four or five of the best uh, colleges in, in, in rugby were left out. I think that why would USA rugby want to try to figure out how to have a sevens championship when you have somebody paying to have a sevens championship that I'm sure they, they, I'm sure that the, 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 the USA sevens people are willing to try to figure out a way to make, to, to get that where all the people come in and, and where it is a profitable thing. I think, um, why would USA rugby even get into the business of it? Cause they have somebody doing it for, for essentially for nothing. Hmm. And, and that, that's just my, my opinion on that. Um, so why even bother with that, that December thing that they, they've been banging about? Um, because it seems like maybe I've lost my mind. And Rich, I got a question for you directly. When you say take sevens by the horn and take it seriously, I want you to elaborate on that, because I know you have further thoughts, and I think you should elaborate on it. Why is the fall in your mind better for 15s and the spring in your mind better for sevens from an opportunity standpoint?
3: For us, it's weather. Um, For us, it's when the the volume of people are at West point and, and there's a college atmosphere that's, it's electric, I think around football and other sports. I mean, are the two closest sports to rugby in this country are are what soccer and football. And, uh, they chose the fall, you know, this whole competitions piece with football. Yeah. I could see maybe competition for resources at some schools, but if you go back and look historically, a lot of these schools already played a fall season. So I don't think there's, there's there's as much in it as people make out to be. Is it a change? Would it take some adjusting? Yes. But, you know, I you could walk in to some, and knock on someone's door, and and if you do that enough times, they might help you out. Um, or you could raise some money and, and, and do some things to help your, your position. And whether it be field space or whatever it is, you have to solve those problems. It's kind of an institutional issue. The one issue that we cannot solve is that we cannot walk on – walk into an office where the door, the title on the door says mother nature and say, Hey, change something for us. Um, That, that ain't happening. To answer your sevens question, I, it it just, it's unique situation. I think we are in this country. I think our go-to-market brand of rugby is sevens. Um, 15s has been on TV for just under two decades now uh, in, in some form or fashion. And what has changed so much about the game um, in terms of money sponsorships in those 15 years, I would say not too much. Um, and now we have this opportunity with USA sevens, which is a private company and everyone knows that I know the owner and he gave money to West point. There's nothing, we're not hiding that. Um, people have said that to me and I, you know, I kind of, he already gave us the money. Uh, we're not asking for more. Um, and it was a donation to, to, you know, uh, represent uh, a lot of the ways he feels in terms of his patriotism, um, and that was a good thing for West Point. And um, but he's also a, probably the biggest philanthropist for rugby in this country because he's not making much money on the IRB Sevens event. He's probably losing money on the collegiate event, but he's willing to put hedge some money in the in the next three years, especially with this Olympic backdrop in 2016, which I think is is the most we've ever seen. We're not talking hundreds of thousands. of of hundreds of thousands of dollars nor you know, 50 grand to put it on ESPN to get a film crew out there. We're talking millions and millions of dollars in rugby in this country. So I, I, I don't think we should, I think we should go with the flow. Bruce. I mean, I think, you know, all you guys, I think we should look at it as a kind of a golden opportunity to um, increase the rugby footprint. Now, I would think that NBC engaging the the rugby world cup this fall in 15s is a pretty good indicator that they might be interested in more um, uh, pieces of rugby in this country, maybe college 15s. Certainly they've already bought into the IRB uh, sevens piece. They've bought into the collegiate sevens piece and they've bought into the Olympics, which is going to have rugby as one of the, you know, uh, sports underneath the Olympic, uh, the five rings there. So I think there's, there's, there's some space in the market. I, I would, I'd like to align ourselves more. I think USA rugby should be considering aligning ourselves more with guys like NBC and USA LLC, USA sevens no. LLC. I, I think you're talking about the opportunities that present themselves for athletes in in other sports like football, soccer, basketball to, you know, almost there's a there's a non-compete piece now with, with their sport and having rugby sevens, which is, you know, the hybrid version of rugby. And it's a pretty, I'm not going to say easy transition by no means, but certainly those athletes who are, let's say you got a football guy who's played rugby at Jesuit in California, and now he's playing football at, uh, you know, the Air Force Academy, let's say. And then, you know, he has that rugby experience and he's a football player and he's a starter. I think a lot of coaches would consider that rugby uh, sevens would be like rugby light and um, good training for them. And, potentially open up a little opportunity for them to, uh, to play in the spring window away from, you know, spring football uh, workouts and, and whatnot. Um, so in terms of crossover athletes, I think you might be able to build some momentum behind it. I think uh, that's potentially what, we were, what Bruce was alluding to.
0: So, Rich, what you're thinking about in part is the idea that we, we do have some big things going on. And we've got, uh, you know, the sevens is, is an important part, of, a much more important part of the college game than it was even two years ago. And rather than shoehorn it into what we've always done, um, your, your call is for us to shake it up and look at everything. And at, le- at least, at the very least, consider changing it because this is the time to change it rather than just say, well, let's do everything the way we've always done it.
3: Well, I, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that you know the Olympics is a natural partner for change. I mean, we know that for the next for twenty sixteen and twenty twenty, there is a uh, a pretty golden opportunity to uh, showcase our sport at a very very high level. Um, I hope that we're in it. I mean, I think the women's program should. They, I mean, they've remember women's rugby has won a World Cup for the U.S. I think I'm right in saying that. And yes, that's correct. Um, I mean. They won a World Cup. Now, it's not professional.
1: Almost to the, it's 20 years ago to the year, about a month ago, 20 years ago, a month and a half ago.
3: Well, right. But that's because there's not, there's, there isn't uh, professionalism in women's rugby across the globe. So we're, we're combating professionalism external to the U.S. And um, boy, you know, think about this, 2015, you're watching the Rugby 15s World Cup. And then after the World Cup in December, this is my proposal. I guess I'm selling it a little bit here. But um, then you watch the collegiate championships. Maybe the semifinals and finals are on on TV in December. It can happen. Obviously, we would like to play someplace warm or then West Point uh, in December. But the first weekend in December right after Thanksgiving is a pretty fertile piece of of time. Uh, I know there is some football going on, but not everything. And then – then you break into the IRB 7s event in February, and then you break into a Collegiate 7 Series across the country. We start in the warm states when it's cold, and we, we, we move further north when uh, the weather begins to change in late April and May. And then we, we, we try to push in the championship, um, the CRC, into May, into the academic semester. I think, I think we could do much better in terms of crowd, um, and I also think we should be playing Friday and Saturday. I mean, I think we should include BYU. I think we should, you know, we should be more inclusive of all the teams. I mean, I think that if BYU, Arkansas State, and Life were involved in that tournament, we would have, we would have had. Uh, well, at least I could speak for Army. Potentially, we wouldn't, wouldn't have finished as well as we did. Potentially, I mean, the guys were pretty motivated. and I'm not going to undercut their efforts, but um, there are some good teams out there that weren't, weren't involved.
2: So, in summation, Rich, why don't you briefly sum up what your uh, what your timeline is um, and what your plan is?
3: Well, the, the plan that I'm pushing towards um, uh, USA Rugby to to give us some direction and some guidance on if they agree or not. Uh, you know, we're hoping they do. Is you know basically play the fall 15th schedule, which if, if we if we say seven or eight league matches to a championship it takes us to about December 3rd. And then everyone does their exams. They go home for Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever their their thing is. And then, you know, we start up again in February. Uh, we look at uh, having a, a large tournament around the IRB Sevens event for Sevens teams, a 24 team tournament. Maybe we, we leave Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're out there. Um, you know, we, we also open up the, the market a little bit to get into the high school's. You know, we're not having uh, sevens is going on, but we don't have a championship 15 season going on. So allows us to invest a little bit more times into the high schools. Um, we begin uh, pushing our top guys to some ter- uh, territorial play. Um, some of the all-star programs, under 20 programs, basically elite rugby. Um, and then we we conduct a a, in the shortened good weather part of the year, which would be basically April into early May, we conduct a series of sevens tournaments, um, across the country into a championship. And, um, and then we, you know, we don't, we deconflict with, uh, under twenties that happens. And, and, um, certainly our best players could go into the super league. If they, if they're graduating and not coming back to school, um, we could have the all-star opportunities, So there's, it just opens up the entire spring for both sevens and elite rugby opportunities, which I think we haven't, we've, we've never had, at least to its full capacity for everybody.
2: Okay, and let's say your plan is rejected by USA Rugby. Let's say that they they don't they don't open their ears to it. They don't talk to you about it. What do you do? And what do the teams in say Rugby East of the Kashmir Division do? Do you just say, "All right, well, we're going to play our, our rugby in the fall, and we'll see what happens," or do you you concede and you go back to the Kashmir Division? What does Army do?
3: Well, I'm just going to look at all the opportunities. Um, you know, I'd like to. Just say, hey, we're pulling out, and we're just going to do this, and and divorce ourselves from the other the other schools. But that's that doesn't seem like it would be within the spirit of the game, and certainly it would depreciate our competition. And you know, uh, we, we want to be branded with Cal and 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 the you know the better teams in the country, BYU and whatnot. Um, so we're not in a position right now to totally eliminate the opportunity to play in the spring if we can't get everybody at least. The majority to, to kind of come with us. Um, but having said that, we can't keep on going down and and this, the same path and expect to get to a different destination. I mean, we we have to have some sort of um, at least a meeting on the game. Let's make some decisions, like we did with the CPD. That seemed like everybody, including Army, including myself, um, representing West Point, we had a can-do attitude we got one season out of it. That's why we said, okay, Uh, we weren't happy with when it was, but we, uh, we knew that it would be better rugby with, with those um, teams in our local area, in our local market. And, um, you know, we were really happy with the result of the competition of the CPD. Now, that doesn't mean that we could expand it much because I can't get a lot of people out and Sleeton on a frozen field to, to be able to train and and compete on snow piles and, and, and some of the issues that we had right through the middle of March up into the, almost up into April. Um, you know, again, if we want that CPD competition to have fans on the sidelines and get TV viewership, we're not going to do it in those conditions. Um, so that's, uh, I guess my answer is, uh, we want to convince the group, but we also want to stay competitive. So, when I'm asked by somebody to make a decision, and I uh, and I know that it's it's the time to make the right decision, you know, I'll uh, I'll have to let you know then. But until I have all the information, it's it's really hard to uh, to see where we stand with the, with the whole entire group. That would be helpful though if USA Rugby could get the whole group together and let's see how everybody stands.
0: Yeah, it certainly would be. And uh, Rich Folital, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and tell us. Uh, uh, the ins and outs of, of your vision for h- how to change some things. You know, it's, it, you're in a special position coaching at a military academy. Um, and it's, it's a pretty interesting time, uh, as you see your, your graduated players, uh, get their assignments and their postings. Uh, you've also, um, you lost a former player recently, uh, uh, to, uh, action in Afghanistan. And, um, just give us a, a, an idea of what it's like to, to coach some of these players and, and, and help them develop as, as officers in the United States Army. And, uh, and obviously, sorry for your losses. you had a, um, a fine former teammate um, uh, killed in action recently.
3: Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. Um, it's, it's a pretty uh, – it's a big responsibility. It's, it's very humbling. Um, we literally get to work in the company of, uh, of heroes. Of, of young men and women who made a, a very early decision in their lives to commit themselves to our country and the defense of our country. So, um, yeah, Dimitri, uh, that was a very it's, – it's still tough. The funeral's this Friday. And, um, you know, we, we were able to wrangle his jersey out um, and we got it framed and we'll put in the building. His, his wife, Katie, of course, played for the women's program in, in 2009 and, and graduated with him. So, uh, it's, it's humbling, but, you know, it, it with all players and with all kids in, in universities and, you know, across the board, we, we really have to respect, um, what they're all about and, and, um, the way they, they dedicate their lives to things and, uh, and athletics is a part of it here at West Point that they spend a lot of time on the rugby fields here at, uh, Anderson rugby complex and on warrior field as, as it was named, um, uh, honing their, their, their trade and becoming leaders. And, and their rugby has a very unique place, um, in terms of breeding great, um, uh, decision makers and leaders. And, um, you know, it's, it's great to be involved with West Point and, um, it's, it's, uh, it's, I guess it's noble in a way for, for guys like us to, to, to have, to touch these, these athletes and these cadet athletes. Um, uh, but it's also, it's very humbling because of, of uh, you know weeks like this when you're when you're putting one of your friends um, um, you know in a grave so it's it's tough business uh, in that context but it's it's a wonderful place to coach and I I love it I, I really do.
0: Well, that was uh, Lieutenant Dmitri Del Castillo who was uh, killed in action recently in Afghanistan and our thoughts go out to him, his family, and as you mentioned, Katie Pulliam, his wife, who also played for. The West Point team on the women's side and um, our thoughts go out to their families and Rich Palaito thank you very much after all that talk with Rich uh, Rich um, hopefully you'll be able to hang around with us we've got Dave Sitton on the show now and of course everybody knows dave from the uh, announcing work he does for usa rugby and for the glendale raptors and pretty much every time you see rugby on television dave is uh is somewhere nearby i've been uh lucky enough to work with dave a couple of times on some uh rugby tv work and and really really enjoyed it and uh and and you nursed me through that very nicely dave and,
4: <laughs> you did just fine
0: uh, and and also the uh the head coach of the University of Arizona and also heavily involved uh, with uh, certain organizational elements of the CBD, Dave Sitton. Welcome to the show.
4: My pleasure. How are you today?
0: Uh, we're doing great, and uh, I just want to start with a question. Uh, we, we've, um, we've passed the unofficial July 1st deadline whereby uh, college premier divisions were supposed to, as we understood, state whether they were in or out. Of the, uh, of the CPD. Uh, Pat Clifton uh, has done yeoman work in contacting as many schools as possible to ask them whether they're in or whether they're out. Um, the, with the work that you've been doing with the league, have you received feedback from anyone? Do you know for sure of anyone well, that's dropping out? What, what's, 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 which way is the wind blowing there?
4: Well, I think that, first of all, I think with the truth we find to hold all evidence is that there was an unofficial deadline, but there that's the point. There was no official deadline. Uh, There wasn't the request for information. There was not a specific, any specificity about what it is we're attempting to do together and when it might be done. So it's a little disappointing that that's what we're dealing with right now. And uh, quite frankly, I don't know. I mean, we are, when I say we, my colleagues out west, we talk every day, and, and uh, what do you think? What are we going to hear? And Our conversation starts very much like yours just did. Uh, your queries about, hey, well, who's in, who's out, we don't know. Uh, it's the 6th of July, and you're right, six days of, five days have come and gone, and we don't know anything more than we did on June 1.
0: Is that a communication problem? Is it an organizational problem? Is it something, should some, a, a well, leadership I'll issue?
4: We ask a question. I'll ask the question out loud. Who is responsible for, for the administration of the CPD? I don't, I don't know if my, my esteemed coach, uh, Rich, uh, over at Army understands that. I don't. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I, ultimately, what is what is the responsible body for, say, the roll call that you just mentioned?
0: USA Rugby. I would should,
4: such. Yeah. yeah.
0: Right, so so somebody at UC Rugby, Todd Bell, taking that roll call.
4: That, that's what I believe would be the case sis, in, in the normal business operations, but I don't know that for sure, and, and uh, that's part of the problem. I think, I, And I'm speaking for guys who don't know that for sure, and there are a lot of coaches out west that I speak to on a regular basis. Let's just get one
1: thing straight, too. We have asked Todd Bell to be on this show, and we asked Todd Bell to be on this specific show, And I know that there's people out there who email and don't even get the end call and don't get the courtesy of a response. Some people do get the courtesy of a response. Now I don't know Todd Bell from a hole in the wall. I wouldn't know him if I tripped over him, but and and since I'm fat, I could trip over a lot of things, but the the end of the day is that Rich, who is in charge and, and, we'll start with rich we'll go to dave like who are you looking for guidance from or do you guys my personal opinion is get yourselves in a room and say and hammer it out and come out with an agreement or something but i'd be interesting to hear what you guys have to say because i have no skin in the game and nobody cares what i think
3: um well you know i, I won't speak for dave but i i always the, the most information i ever get is from other coaches and the, the the guys that I would hope would hold me accountable and I would hold them accountable are other coaches of of any program, not just c p d or d one d two i mean um, we are our own community um, it 's pretty unique group there's there's professional full time coaches there 's stipend volunteers there 's full volunteers i've i 've been at all three levels there and um, they 're smart people they 're intelligent they 're resourceful um, so I I I think that we uh, as a group probably need to communicate more with each other and and per, perhaps not even um, wait for USA Rugby to facilitate it, which I guess many of us don't anyway. Um, or we'd be also be serving for you know those who stand and wait. So um, I I do think that uh, you're right, Bruce. In, in a lot of ways, we need to get in in the same room, like we very much did with the CPD in the first organizational meeting, which you know it's a, it was a coach. Clark-led initiative, which, I, you know, we agree to as well. I, I You know, it got us to one season, and um, it's good to be around those guys because I, I learn more and more every day when I get to speak to uh, great coaches like Dave over there in Arizona.
4: Well, you're a very kind coach, and I can only imagine what it's like in your world where you uh, work with people who understand very well command and control, and uh, quite frankly, I don't know about any command and control of the CPD right now. I just don't, and that's kind of disappointing. Uh, and I think that's part of our problem, and quite frankly, maybe that's part of the discussion we need to have about how rugby is structured in the United States. I don't mind paying taxes here and there, but at the same time, I look at every other successful American sports model, and uh, I think we could all agree that uh, most American sports are envies uh, of the world, not all, and not, we're not perfect by any stretch, but I think we're all – understanding that when Americans put their minds to it and administrate games, uh, they can do it pretty well, even despite the shortcomings of, of uh, our temperaments, uh, et cetera. So I you baseball is a perfect example, and, and the model goes straight down this way. Believe it or not, the commissioner of baseball, Bud Selig, is actually the commissioner of all baseball in this country. Most people don't realize that, including Little League. But the commissioner's office elects to let Little League people run Little League games. They let high school people run high school games. They let the college people run the college games, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm, I've often wondered when it's time for Usarfu to pay attention to the Eagles. They can still tax everybody or whatever they need to do, uh, and, but then start developing structures for uh, various levels of rugby, which are wildly different. They are not one size fit all I happen to, um, like uh, Rich, I... I'm enlightened every time I get around our guys. Anybody in rugby who thinks they know it all, first of all, is damaging to the game. And what I learned very quickly, yeah, I've got 35 years in a, as a college coach. I've attended all kinds of uh, coaching sessions around this country, around the globe, like Rich has. But I get around high school people, unless I'm glad I didn't, I keep my mouth shut because they know high school rugby better than I do. And I accept that. And I'm starting to wonder if it's time that college rugby and high school rugby and grade rugby, whatever we're going to do with these things, start managing themselves a little bit more, just as you both suggested previously. Maybe we do get in the room and start running it, just like college baseball coaches have their association and they manage their game.
2: Everybody's looking to Todd Bell to be the answer. Now, Todd Bell is the, the college director. I don't have his exact title in front of me, but he's the one man in the college department over all of college. That includes College Premier Division, Division one, Division two division, you know, potentially a division three, which they've already said they're looking to develop. You've got women's it includes every, every part of the college, the college sector. Now I, from talking to some coaches throughout the country, I get the the idea that they expect Todd Bell to be the commissioner of the CPD, the guy that does everything for the CPD. Now I'm not saying that's an unfair expectation, but I am saying that you also have massive restructure in larger parts of the game in division one, division two, I mean, there are numerous Division II colleges throughout the country who don't know what the heck's going on that are looking for leadership. Everybody in college is looking for leadership. But when this came together, were there not representatives from each conference uh, created? I know – I, I want to say Dan Payne was originally the guy from the South. Um, I can't remember all the all the different representatives from different parts of the country. David, may have even been you from the West. But weren't there different representatives from each part of the uh, – from each conference? Isn't that a, a body of government that you've already got that them in concert with Todd Bell that – It could answer these questions and and do these polls and those things for you.
4: That's a great question. So, so here's the here's we get, and I don't have the answer for you right now because I'm not aware of any any structure of the CPD. And Rich, I'll I'll defer to you. Are you aware of any written structure of the CPD?
3: At the um, meeting, the initial meeting, we did um, select within the group gentlemen's agreement, if you will, a representative of ours is, um, uh, Penn state Don Farrell. And, um, I believe each, uh, of the CPD groups had one representative, uh, that was supposed to, or the intent was to have them work with Todd and represent our needs, um, wants, whatnot, uh, and information exchange and requests for information and the transfer of information back and forth. That was their role. Um, that's but in terms of a written structure, the only thing I've seen, Dave, is actually your proposal on some of the aspects and some of the the you know probably the pertinent pertinent. Yeah,
4: it's um, a year after the fact, and, and I mean that's a great point because I don't have any interest in in banging Todd Bell over the head, and it's quite possible that he has too. There is too much expectation of all of college rugby for him. But that goes back, again, to command and control of who's responsible. And, quite frankly, if it has then we ask the question, has the USA RFU structure uh, uh, set Todd Bell up for some sort of failure by overscheduling him? That's another good question to ask. I'm not going to answer any of these questions, but we certainly have a lot of good questions to ask.
0: Well, Dave, I was going to ask you about the uh, plan to accept new teams into the CPD because you, you and I had talked earlier about um, – uh, criteria that would that that would where you would measure a program and, and and assess whether they would be the right team to join it, but it it seems to me now that that is really on the back burner uh, w- when you look at some of these bigger issues. Not only there's as we've been talking about, not only the survival of the college premier division, but how do you f- deal with division one that has changed, division two that has changed because division one has changed, and 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 everything that goes all the way down the line. Um, is is there is, is there, are there solutions out there, or how are we in a situation where we're not even sitting around the table discussing them yet?
4: No, there are solutions, and again, I think we just look next door. For instance, my the uh, the document that uh, uh, Rich just referred to a moment ago, I wrote up and discussed with you briefly in uh, Philadelphia about. Uh, eligibility and acceptance into something called the CPD or whatever it ends up being called or or remains the CPD. It's not based on uh, relegation. It's based on the American model of finding schools with a commonality that can market themselves, just like major conferences do. And quite frankly, all the boats in the in the harbor will rise. The reason why D2 football has got a contract with ESPN is because of D1 football and the BCS, whether we like the BCS or not. So quite frankly, you take a look at the model that uh, the CCI, uh, our friends at USA 7s, have developed and taking schools with well-known names, with well-known logos and trademarks that have uh, serious rugby programs, whether they're up or down right now, makes sense. And I think a community of schools with similar traits, regardless of how they played the last two seasons, uh, more of the long-term, long-haul, what the, can they do to gain interest in television, uh, sponsorship, develop revenue streams, etc. is the way for us to go. And that was the criteria that we laid out and that uh, my colleagues are considering right now. It's based on a very successful U.S. model of colleges associated in conferences.
0: Are there, are there people in college rugby right now? Who are more qualified are are qualified to work with television and work with major sponsors
4: oh there's several schools that can do that and and what happens is as several of those schools step forward and become more familiar to television audiences and crowds then alumni and uh, you know, don't, don't forget we're Americans. We, we like to be challenged. We like to keep up with the Joneses. And I'll tell you what, after people watch uh, regular season games from the remodeled Witter Stadium, and, and Arizona State has access to the women's soccer stadium, which is a good television venue. Same thing is true at Arizona. Uh, obviously, we've seen that Utah can do a good job at Rio Tinto. Uh, we, we know that uh, Rich has a beautiful facility along the Hudson River, which I've been privileged to see. Uh, and, and start working your way around the country. People are going to go, hey, this college revenue does mean something. Uh, there is something to it. There are people in the stands. There is interest in it. There is value in watching these student-athletes student athletes play. So uh, to answer your question, yes, I think if you go around the country, we probably if we could cherry-pick right now. we got 22 schools that, uh, just off the top of my head, that I think have television venues and could deliver sponsorship value.
1: Dave, I'm going to jump in. It's Bruce. You talked about all the value and, and, and all these wonderful facilities. And, and one of the things that in the, in, in the Northeast, in, in the Mid-Atlantic, in, in the Upper Midwest, there's a you know a heavy population, and essentially, during the early spring, rugby's unwatchable. It, it's just unwatchable. You, you can't even go out. So, and 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 I'm not saying that this is the answer. I just want to know, where do you think? This has to go in, in in the event that the CRC, the uh, collegiate rugby championship sevens has to be hosted in, in, in June due to, you know, different sporting event things. And that's when it's going to be. Where do you see this as something that has where do you think it's best to go? I'm not saying it has to go. It's best to go. You are you are now the bud ceiling of rugby. What's
4: your vision? Uh, to uh, I have talked to Coach Polido because he's recently rich, uh, written some very well-stated uh, position papers about changing uh, our order of uh, our orders for uh, uh, staging 15-a-side rugby versus 7-a-side rugby in this year. There is no perfect solution of which I am aware. Uh, somebody's going to have to be, be torn at some point because the schools out in West, generally speaking, not 100%. Generally speaking, look forward to the spring having their facilities, etc. They want space from football. What you just spoke about in the Midwest and Upper Atlantic, Eastern Seaboard, is absolutely the truth. Uh, you got transparency there where teams in the month of March can't, know the first two weeks of March, can't possibly go outside. We have that even in our league up in the Colorado area. Uh, Arizona, Arizona State enjoy great weather that time of year, and, and our friends to the north, they're, uh, they're indoors, they're practicing indoors. I don't have a good answer. I know that college baseball uh, had to address this because even in my school, when I was recruited to play baseball back in the 70s, we would play a fall-fall schedule and start playing uh, non-league games back in January, probably around the second week of January because we had the weather. Teams like Iowa and Wyoming and everybody from cold-weather climbs would come down to play us. Well, the NCAA snapped that, and you can't really begin playing any type of competition until March now to make it even. So college baseball had to deal with the vagaries of the American weather scene, and I don't have that answer right now, and I think uh, it's going to take an incredible consensus to figure out uh, if there are some changes that can be made and should be made.
0: Dave, what is your preference? Your personal preference. Well, you know,
4: I, I understand what uh, uh, my preference is to leave it alone, quite frankly. But I, but I'm also willing to talk and listen to anybody who's got a better mousetrap. Because here's the problem I've got with me and my colleagues. Here I am. I this is my 34th year coaching at Arizona, and uh, you know we haven't moved the ball too many yards since then. Yeah, I've got I've got lots of uniforms. I've got pretty good athletes. I've got good facilities. But I'm looking at the the. Uh, uh, perception of rugby—it's—it's it's grown, quite frankly. You can't get involved with NBC Sports and things like that without there being some uh, raise in the level of perception and understanding of the game. But we're still having many of the same conversations that we did when I started coaching 34 years ago. So um, now, okay, again, let me,
0: okay, I'm sorry, sorry, Dave, because that leads me to a question that I, I I should pose to you and to Rich. So uh, it, it's a two-pronged question number 1 nbc comes and says we'll put this whole thing on tv every week if you move to the fall the other part of the question is, and, and and would you would you have no problem with that or would you have a problem with that and the other part of that question is it's not nbc it's nbc's affiliate versus or something lower down the totem pole that has fewer fewer viewers but it's the same question we you know move it to the fall And we'll put it on TV. And, Rich, for you, it's the other way around. Move to the spring. Be in the spring. You must be in the spring, and we'll put it on TV. Would you, you, Rich, then tear up your manifesto because television said, we need you in the spring. We need you playing in April and May. And, Dave, would you switch to fall only? If TV said so.
3: Dave, go first. <laughs> yeah, sorry.
4: <laughs> I would suggest that this, how this there's a different way of asking the question. Okay?
3: Yeah, uh, sure.
4: This is what networks have done forever. And, and I'm going to tell you how that, that would make sense. And that is NBC Sports lays it out just like you said. And they come to the colleges, the major colleges that they want to have involved and say, would you guys do this for this? And every college will make its own decision. And because they will be, Presenting an opportunity for I'm going to use the, the the European expression of tournament, as opposed to league, for us, uh, because they want to have a competition every week and uh, they're going to do it in the fall. And if if we if we perceive that the value of NBC slash versus uh, would elevate the athletic the the level of athletes we could expect to recruit, uh, have revenue components in it, make our schools make sure that we play in venues of at least two to three thousand fixed seats. Uh, you know, get the school really involved that energizes the uh, athletic and administrations of each university. Yeah, yeah,
3: I, I would do it. Hmm. See, I, I guess from from my standpoint, it's um we're not we're not answering the bigger question. If we're just going to worry about college rugby only, I guess you could say you could go either direction um, based on a commercialism perspective only. But I don't think you would get, like Bruce said, a lot of good uh, TV viewer type of um, environments in the Northeast or the Midwest in February, March, uh, early time frame in the spring. Um, And then we'd be into exams and other things. I I just don't think it works as well, especially given the level of rugby and how it's treated at most schools, uh, given graduation, academic requirements in in later May and, and all that. I would also say that it doesn't address the national issue that we're we're not. I I don't think yielding the greatest results that we could be in the in the under twenties, potentially in the All American program, uh, the national teams, and and the the pathways to representative play. Which I think USA Rugby, we, we should be. I'm not here to you know. I'm we're here to win rugby games for West Point, develop leaders, um, have a, a great athletic environment for our athletes to develop here at West Point. It's not just about championships. Um, If all all the pieces of our program are working, we probably should yield some of those. Um, Potentially they're not. And, you know, that's my, that's my issue to to deal with. But uh, I really think that, while we could put the blinders on and say, let's just take care of college rugby, but not having a national timeline or a national plan that yields a national uh, calendar, if you will, um, that promotes rugby, Above us and below us, which would be representative and and super league and Division One rugby, and then the high school programs below us, I think, I think uh, has a fault with it uh, in terms of a plan.
2: Rich, I'll ask it. Yes. I'll ask it a little bit quicker and more bluntly than Alex did. If they ask you, come play in the spring, are you going to do it? And you are going to be happy about it?
3: Um, I don't know if I am going to do it. Uh, I, we definitely wouldn't be happy about it because that's what we're doing right now. Okay, I don't have an answer for you, bud.
2: Hey, that's close enough to an answer.
3: <laughs> well, I, look, at the end of the day, we want to stay aligned with the right brands as well. I mean, that, the, there's something in it about playing a Cal or a Penn State or or winning a championship through those teams or not winning a championship in the, in the midst of those teams. I think that, that any team on the West Coast would say the same about Army, Navy. Um, so it's a compromise. We, we have to compromise somewhere, um, I just think there's some some external indicators that tell us we should probably um, compromise. The way I and others in in these, I'm not the, I'm not the only one that votes on this proposal or, or thinks that this is a good idea. By the way, uh, definitely not alone in it. And uh, you know that's that's kind of where I stand. I we it, it's it's a uh, you're going to create haves and have-nots again, um, and I, we don't really want to do that either. But um, but we're not even in a room talking about it. Like Dave said, there's no Strong leadership or guidance, kind of walking us through a process by which to get to a decision. Nor there's a counter proposal out there that I've seen. So
2: I do want to ask Dave. Stop me if I if I'm going to make you repeat yourself. But what about the the spring, or better yet, what about the fall makes the spring better to play in for you? And not just we know that players are going to have to come to campus early. That would be the case for anybody. Um, but. Other than that factor, is there a reason why you'd rather not play in the fall? Other than the fact that your kids would have to scu- come to school early, weather facilities, anything yeah, for you weather, specific to Arizona. Fa- for
4: sure weather's a factor out here because in August, as you can imagine, uh just take a look at what happened in Phoenix recently with that wall of mud that was flying around, things like that. Uh, the vague reason, the summer monsoon season here. Number one is weather for us, but I mean let let's let me throw weather out only because everybody's gotta deal with weather. Okay? Uh, to, to, to Rich can make the same point about West Point trying to run in February. So uh, only, the, only the other weather extremes. So I'm prepared to take weather off the table. Our other challenges are facilities. Right now, for instance, we get to play our major games in the women's soccer stadium. Well, it so happens that that particular facility is used specifically and solely for intercalated soccer in the fall. There's no way we touch it in the fall. So temporarily, right now we would not have access to the premier facility here. Uh, There is a um, a share of voice in our market. I'm not sure. I can't speak to other markets, but football, football, and then more football in the spring. We actually, you know, look at the ABC affiliate out, the NBC affiliate out to, you know, do the three minute, uh, excuse me, the two and a half minute uh, deal. Arizona rugby came in this weekend. They had, uh, you know, former national champion, San Diego state. We'll actually get that kind of treatment. Uh, The paper takes us a little more seriously. The, the, The agate page of the Arizona papers uh, this year ran the standings of the uh, CPD West. We went to the editors. They got that in there. So those things right now usually aren't available to us in the fall. The other interesting thing about grass in Arizona, and this is a real issue, is that grass in Arizona dies around October 5th, 6th, because of uh, the transition to rye grass. So you need about six weeks every fall not to be on your field uh, which would be the heart of the fall season as we transition and plant the new ryegrass. Uh, Bermudagrass dies in the fall and doesn't come back until late spring, early summer. So we actually play on ryegrass, and that's, you know, it's not a huge thing, but it's just another one of the things that, that would be troubling to us. The last but not least is just how we recruit in our cycles and our alumni giving cycles. Not to say they could not be retrained, but right now they give all fall and early spring to know that we got to make it to the finish line. And you know, and that's about 50 grand. Uh, our our uh, the Arizona experience is a little bit different than others, guys. And I've been doing this down here for 34 years. Our closest game. Our closest game is 113 miles away at Coach Lane's Arizona State University. Our next closest game is 370 miles away at San Diego State University. So our our travel st- situation is a little bit different than most. Why the f*** do you even deal with USA Rugby? I mean, for all the faults
1: of the Super League, we've been around for a while, and we don't deal with them. We make our own rules.
2: But don't you pay them 100 grand a year, too? We,
1: and we pay them... We pay them, basically, for lack of a better word, we pay them off to leave us alone.
3: Well, I, Bruce, the issue with that is that we do need a third party to uh, some sort. Now, other but sports you, have – soccer I, has <laughs> USA Soccer, NCAA, call it soccer. We don't have that model here. The hybrid model that we have is, I guess, one person or USA Rugby and – People who are tasked seasonally to to help Todd Bell deliver college rugby, whilst doing their other duties for representative rugby, growing the game, rookie rugby, whatever the other programs USA Rugby is running. Um, that is, we I think, uh, and I I would I would say Arizona, Arizona State, Cal, BYU, Utah, Army, neat. We deserve a little bit better organizational structure to to represent us within the governing body than. And, and help us deliver our, our rugby uh, than what we have right now. And I'm not saying that Todd's a bad guy. I just think Todd should have 20 people working for him and, and, and potentially, you know, um or at least maybe, maybe it's not people. Maybe it's just the way we, the processes aren't, are convoluted. I mean, there's committees that are making decisions about our game who I can't even tell you who the people are or where they coach or where and, they're and from. There,
1: and, and there's my problem. That's an issue. And- you have, as a college premier division, given them control over you when we haven't. And as effed up as we are, we can't get out of our own way. Mm-hmm. So, but we haven't given them control over us. Yeah,
3: Dave, you know, to, to one of your points that you said before, and I think, you know, Dave, to your point about, you know, the feasibility and and... You know, I think there's greater and even more significant challenges. Like, what do we say to the kids at University of Minnesota, University of Wisconsin who want to play 15s? Um, and they say we say, hey, the only part of the year to do your 15s really is the, is the spring. And they've got, you know, maybe the first last two weeks of April, the first two weeks of May before they graduate to do their 15s. I mean, we don't want to be doing that, right? We don't want to be do, – do we want to be taxing them with 15s and 7s in the same – Part of the year?
4: No, you I, I gonna... know that that I know that that is over the skis. Uh, and see, that's the thing that that's the other elephant in the room that we did not discuss. And Rich, you brought it up. And to this extent, I, I am not sure how seasons work quite yet. And I did have a meeting with. Uh, I did uh, honor my uh, my um, pledge to you, and I did go up and meet with Gary last week and talked about it very seriously about all these things up in Tempe at Arizona State. But, Thank you. you know, the other elephant in the room that we didn't really discuss is, is what to do now about this incredible opportunity. Let's face it. I'm going to bet right now that half of the Olympians in 2016 are in our programs today or in the next two years. Well they're uh, freshmen. And south. so sure. we've got seven aside now. This is brand-new product that we kind of – you know, I'm, I'm a 15s coach. I mean, I kind of looked at sevens as this thing over in Hong Kong, which I thought was fun. It was interesting. <laughs> but now sevens has got an entirely different – uh, identity and entirely different value Dave, you know, And I, a lot of guys Dave, are smarter than me who are going to be able to tell me this is how it fits
3: right I mean, that's, and that's where I'm getting my information Dave. I'm not uh, at the end of the day the, the go to market brand of rugby that frankly it's funded right now to go to market and it could be we could increase our exposure by having more sevens because they need material they need content um, specifically between the IRB 7s event and right now the, the dated June event at the CRC, but what should be moved to May if we get our druthers, boy, we could put a lot of 7s events on TV at, at great college campuses featuring you know 16 teams in two hours. I, I just can't find how NBC, given their stake and their, their hedging already with 15s uh, World Cup, IRB Sevens events and some of the World Series on, on Universal and then the CRC piece, which we all know the majority of the sponsorship was brought in by NBC. I, I just can't think that they wouldn't want more content or that that wouldn't be better energy to to do it during that time of year and pluck it out into December. Who's gonna well, watch the,
4: it in And December? this is what's hard for me personally because I'm looking at a world where we will soon be having a discussion sometime in the next thirty days of the Pacific Twelve Conference. As you yeah. know, Pacific 12, very similar to uh, Big Ten, has just uh, developed its own television network. And right. it, it is possible that for Sevens, the Pac-12 would sanction the excuse me, Pac-12 Sevens Championship and put it under their television umbrella. And there's no way they would do that for 15s.
3: drives me out of my mind,
4: right. but it's the sad truth.
0: Believe it or not, we are out of time and probably over time but um i you know i love the, I, I wish i could have you guys back and i and i think maybe we should have you guys back and maybe we'll mix it up a little bit um but i really um really ha- have enjoyed listening to you guys uh, go back and forth on on a number
3: of topics just quickly i was gonna say this is a this is close clark and i had a three-hour conversation very much the same like this i mean there's no yeah. one that's sticking you know uh pins in people's eyes here or or dummies of their, you know, like, like likeness. Um, It's, it's about, you know, where's, where's our leadership? Can we make decisions on our own? What's the best course of action? What about commercialism? What about player development? What about the sevens thing? There's just no platform other than places like this, which is great to to discuss these things and and to make good, coherent decisions um, and lasting decisions that, you know, we achieve some sort of lasting endurance in our sport and and growth in our sport. We could say we've had minor successes in different locations, but they're never synergized. They're never brought together. And a perfect example is guys like, you know, on my team or or Cal's team who weren't playing under twenties this year and playing in the sevens. I mean, God, it's undercut our national program. And we had a choice in that. We, we all did, but you put the best thing that's going for college rugby on TV in a national on the national on NBC, not ESPN, Z Z thirteen, you know whatever classic, NBC prime time, and you expect our organizations not to respond with uh, a full out effort, and send our best players like you know some of the guys on my team to to under twenties to play in Georgia and. And not play against Navy on national television. I mean, you can't ask that, and that's a that's a that's a leadership organizational issue that has to be addressed.
0: You've just wrapped it up. We we, we started with Dave talking about the the leadership issue and where's the leadership, and we end with where's the leadership. And I think I think you get a communi- a, a combination of communication and leadership. Uh, and and maybe we can address a lot of these issues because you know there are, it, it it's all interchangeable. I mean, it's all interconnected um rich palito with west point and dave Sitton with the university of arizona uh and and much more than that not just those things but you guys do a lot more uh thank you very much for being on on the show we really appreciate it
4: enjoyed the visit gentlemen thank you thank you thank- everybody
0: that's great well thanks a lot guys and um i i you know hopefully we get to revisit this this is great
1: alex i really think that was a I think that was a great conversation. And I think it was something that where we weren't necessarily prepared for them to be so open and honest with us. And I think that we need, we need to follow this up with a, with a further discussion. It, it still is. is disturbing to me that, that Todd Bell has not answered our request to be on the show. I think that it's very important in his role. And I think that it's very important for him to at least Come on there, and, and, I, and I think that we need to deal with that. But as far as I'm concerned, I was, you know, the point that was made about Major League Baseball and how he's a commissioner of everything, at Bud Selig, that is, but he allows the different levels to run themselves by themselves. I'm not saying that baseball is run perfectly, but I, I am saying that there were some really interesting points brought up by both of those coaches at major universities that really can tell us a lot about where we can and where the potential is to go with this game and 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 they have great ideas although they may not see eye to eye on everything I think that they agree on the direction and that and that's important
2: a Yankees fan liking uh, liking the baseball analogy and thinking that things are great in the game of baseball shocking you should be a Royals fan try it on sometimes not so oh, I don't
1: think things are great in the game of baseball, my friend. I gave up my Yankees tickets for the exact reasons that you would. Th- but I'm just saying that it was interesting, the analogy that Bud Sealy gave up. He runs Major League Baseball, I don't think properly, but but he gives up collegiate high school and Little League to. Those organizations, in and of themselves, he doesn't. He doesn't totally
0: think he can run high school baseball.
1: Yeah, that was the part that I and I, oh, I didn't know it, and and that was the part that I found to be pretty interesting. Wasn't I think about
2: that the whole discussion was was wonderful. Um, it was great. It brought us a lot of talking points, and and I'm sure as Bruce was alluding to, we'll have a sequel to this thing and and get a chance to kind of uh, react to what they said. Um, but uh, as far as it, it, I will bite a little bit and say under-resourced, you know, not enough not enough money, not enough people to run things. That's kind of how rugby works top to bottom and isn't that everybody's kind of the, the base of everyone's complaint all across the country no matter what kind of level of, of rugby you're in?
0: Under-resourced, but we do have expertise and we do have uh intelligence in there. I really loved I think that was a great word there, Bruce. It was candor and it was great to hear the candor from both of them. Really enjoyed it. Uh, don't forget that uh, Rugged Matrix America is brought to you by the USA7s International Rugby Tournament in Las Vegas next year. And go to usa to get more information about that and also the Las Vegas Invitational if you're a player. If you're a coach, you want to get your team into Las Vegas, play a little preseason rugby, You know whether, whether you're getting ready for the college season or you like to play in the fall, either way, go to USA7s.com. Great show. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, guys, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to go to RugbyMag.com for all the ongoing news, and thanks for listening to Rugger Matrix America.